This week on Dig Me Out, Tim and Jay review Year of the Rat by New York Loose. I just wish it was rougher. I wish there was more grit to the music. Okay, well, let me tell you why you're wrong. I'm kind of at a meh, like a meh, M-E-H, meh. I think this is almost a perfect record. Hello and welcome to another episode of Dig Me Out. I'm your host, Tim Minichi, and joining me for episode 126 of our third season, Mr. Jason Ziak. Always reliable, always here, never misses a show. The Kel Ripken Jr. of the Dig Me Out podcast. Uh, Jay, this mm. one is yours. We've got another pick from you in our third season. So it will be good. Well, we'll talk about that. No doubt about it. Uh, this one is, uh, this was an obscure one I did not know about. And uh, is it NY Loose or New York Loose? How do you pronounce the name of the band? New York, I think. Okay. Because it's, uh, I believe the album cover, it's NY. Yeah. I don't know if you if you got the full pronunciation there. I guess so. I think you do. All right. So how'd you find this record? Through a podcast. Um, I'm a fan of the Rock and Roll Geek Show. Yep. And um, he did an interview with a um, singer of this band probably, geez, probably two or three years ago at this point. Um, but really had never heard of them um, before. And uh, listened to the interview and ended up checking out the record. And here we are. But... Uh, yeah, very much Here we are. in the spirit of this podcast, from one to the next. Bringing us a not-so-well-known album that we're going to dig out, and uh, hopefully some people out there are familiar, so that it's not a, a complete shock that this record exists. Maybe there's a few, I think there's a few fans out there, people have uh, chimed in on our Facebook page, but we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, we got some uh, we got some history to do on this band. We like to call it the history of the band. History of the band. So, New York Loose formed in New York City, appropriately enough, on the Lower East Side. I'm not sure of the year. It was in the 1990s, in the early 1990s, but I'm not sure of the exact year. Uh, Brigitte West is that how you pronounce her name, Jay? It's B R I J. I-T-E. Bridget. 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 Yeah. I was thinking of Brigitte Nielsen. The, uh, <laughs> you were overthinking it. The, the, uh, the villain from Beverly Hills Cop 2. Uh, on vocals and guitar, Steven Antonakos on guitar, Pedro Moreno on bass, and Johnny Bullet on drums. There's a name for you. Johnny Bullet. <laughs> Moreno was replaced by Ray Rainville. And they released two independent seven inches before signing to the UK label Fiction. They released the Pretty Suicide seven inch featuring former Circus of Power guitar player Gary Sunshine on guitar. And then also had Danny Nordahl on bass and John Melville on drums. So this this is a band that has changed up their lineup uh, quite a bit from the start. And uh, it's not the end of it, folks. Wait, there's more. So, 1995, they released the five-track Loosen Up EP on Fiction. Uh, they release uh, some, there's a couple more releases. 
Peter Lloyd replaces Melville on drums, and Mark Diamond replaces Gary Sunshine on guitar. They release a 7-inch for Hollywood Records called Rip Me Up, and then the following uh, to follow that up, the full-length Year of the Rat, which we're reviewing on Hollywood Records in 1996. They split up at the end of 1997, and 10 years later, in March of 2007, they released the compilation album Born to Lose. And that is the history of New York Loose. If you'd like to suggest a band and an album for us to review, please visit the request review page at digmeoutpodcast.com. Now, I mentioned some Facebook feedback. Uh, old friend of the show who's uh, submitted some uh, some suggestions in the past, uh, Rishi, I've always messed up his name, Gajria, uh, said uh, Michael Butler on the Rock and Roll Geek Show spoke to the singer of, of this band for his podcast. I think that's what you're referring to, Jay, right? I am. And then Eric J. P., uh, Eric J. Peterson chimed in. Bridget West was in a cool garage rock, garage rock band with Sean Yustel of White Zombie called Famous Monsters. I saw New York Loose play with Reverend Horton Heat. The songs were okay, but they had a great stage presence and a lot of energy. This is an album that I really need to give a few more spins. I do wonder if they would have fit in better with bands like Mensen from Norway or Die Cheerleader than whoever the label tried to sell them with. There's a couple, uh, couple of people that are familiar with this record as you are, Jay. So, your pick, my turn to go first, that means. You're at bat. I am at bat. So I was, like I said, unfamiliar with this particular record uh, going into it. And in reading that Gary Sunshine had been in the band, I was, I was, my interest was piqued. What were they going to sound like? Mm. Because I was a big fan of that Circus of Power album that we reviewed uh, right. last year. It, it made me a it made me a Gary Sunshine uh, devotee. Let's put it that way. <laughs> so, but he doesn't play on this record. But I thought, well, there's got to be a good lineage there. Gary wouldn't just play with anybody. He's got yeah. uh, he's got uh, you know he's going to make the right choices. So I had high hopes. I would say that those hopes were not dashed, but they were not fulfilled as completely as I would have hoped. Um, A lot of this record, to me, feels like it is, I guess you'd say, first take. I like her voice. I wish she pushed it more. I think she pushes it on some of the more up-tempo, like punkish kind of sounding songs, like Detonator. It's a little rougher and raw with her voice, and it sounds good. But when this, the opening couple tracks don't really show off what she can do, 
And I felt like even the band themselves were restrained for, and I thought this was going to be in more of a, you know, New York punk, thrash, hard rock kind of sound. And it kind of veers more towards the clean guitar rock of like a Sahara Hot Nights, um, who I like, but they put a very particular spin on it with a pop uh, aspect that this band doesn't really go for on most of the album at least um, I think there's a few attempts at some pop uh, choruses but not as much as I would have liked um, there's a cover of here uh, Sunday Morning by the Velvets it's a nice version it's actually one of the better versions I've ever heard of that song and that song's been covered a lot it's just a restless feeling There's a song towards the end, Trash, The Given Chance, where I'm not sure who the male vocal is that's singing in that song, but they're doing a, a, a harmony the entire time, sort of a mid-tempo song. And that really works well, combining the two vocals on that song. I wish they had done more of that, even if it was on the up-tempo songs, but this seems more of a showcase for uh, Bridget West's vocals. And... I think I have the, a problem with this band the way I do with, and I know this is, a, I'm going to hit a sweet spot for you, Jay Paramore. Okay. Um, I just wish it was rougher. I wish there was more grit to the music. It feels it feels more polished to me than it should be. Hmm. And that, that's the thing that I think I was missing. I liked listening to the record, but I, there was only a few tracks that I really wanted to go back and, and hear again because I didn't really feel like they were giving, not an effort, but just, I, I wish I had been able to play the producer role that we all so often, you know, talk about and got to say, you know, push your vocal a little harder, make it, I want to hear it break a little bit or, uh, you know, get a little nastier with it. Cause I just, I feel like she has a zone of comfortableness and she stays in that zone and it gets a little repetitive for me. And that's mm. my that's my biggest drawback to this record cuz she has the her her tonally her vocal vocals sound good to me. It's just that it doesn't do as much she doesn't do as much with it as I wish she did. So I, I get the feeling I'm I'm confounding you with my uh criticisms <laughs> cuz you're kind of going hmm okay. Mm. Uh-huh, okay. Uh, there, there were very few songs that I didn't like. There just were very few songs that, that, not very few, but there were a lot of songs where I was just like, okay, that's fine. Next. What's next? Yeah. Um, so that's where I'm at. I'm at a, I'm kind of at a meh, like a meh, M-E-H, meh. Okay. Well, let me tell you why you're wrong. Okay. Tell me why I'm wrong, Jay. <laughs> uh, I, I think this is almost a perfect record. 
Um, Whoa. The songs that drew me in at first were um, Pretty Suicide Broken and Trash The Given Chance because I think they're uh, they're pop they're pop gems. I think especially a song like Broken I, is is one of the my favorite songs I've heard probably in the last five or so years. May never And it's so I think works so well is that you know I think her roots are really in country music. If you listen to a song like that, oh, broken definitely. <clears throat> you know I think she's trying to write a country song, and I think what's really interesting is that you can hear undertones like that in the songwriting and in, in, in a lot of the uh, a lot of the material, but it's presented in a way where I think there's just enough edge there to make it interesting, and the edge doesn't come from necessarily. Um, her vocal delivery, while I really like her vocal delivery in that it's um, it's very relaxed but confident, and I love singers who can pull that off. You know, it's a very difficult thing to do. I think a lot of bands we've um, reviewed in the past that's come across to us as um, kind of disinterested or disconnected, but she's able to do it in a way that sounds uh, genuine and you know very attached to the song but in, in, in a way it just sounds cool like she's not trying too hard well i think because she's um, playing guitar with it so she's actually playing there's a there's a physicality to some of her vocal with the music yeah perhaps that naturally happens when you're playing guitar and singing at the same time perhaps yeah i mean she found yeah you're able to kind of find the the, the pocket let's say or the the sort of you're not on top of things. You're, you're able to kind of be comfortable and, and fit within the chords because you're strumming them. So, yeah, I mean, there's a, probably a comfort level there, but I also just think there's just... She exudes a confidence in the way that she delivers the songs and then still has an attitude to it, and it's you know seems effortless, I guess. Um, so, I mean, a lot of the edge comes from, I think, the the, the sound of the, the guitars, the... Um, you know, there's there's enough polish in terms of the performances but enough roughness into the, into the tones and the um you know the textures where you get I, I think a good contrast um it, well, the reason i think it's such a strong record is because the material i think can go from things that are you know pretty much cheap trick ish or country ish influenced pop songs to things that are you know fairly you know in a punk vein a new york punk style so you know, a song like Detonator or Kiss My Wheels, where you know that gets pretty Both edgy, pretty like. noisy, pretty noisy, and you know, up tempo, and you know, I think they can pull that stuff off just as well. They can pull off the pop stuff. 
Um, and then interspersed here, there's some there's some material that is slower, and I think they have a unique spin on it. Um, you know, the, I think we heard uh, um, when we reviewed the the other New York punk band, um, Degeneration. No. Oh yeah. Degeneration. Whenever they would slow things down, you know, it would kind of go off the rails and. We, I think, both agreed we liked that band when they were sharper and pop-oriented and upbeat. Mm-hmm. And I think this is a band that comes from the same scene, the same sort of similar ideas, but I think they can slow things down. You know, I think a song from Margo, Rip Me Up, um, you know, not that they're slow songs, but, you know, they, they bring the tempo down just, a, you know, a little bit to more of a mid-tempo thing, and they're able to deliver. Um, it, it stays interesting. Uh, they don't go to... They don't always go to, um, you know, loud, soft, loud, soft, loud kind of dynamics in, in the slower songs. Um, and I think there's enough. Overall, I think a lot of these songs have enough interesting parts and sophisticated, you know, uh, builds and layering and musical pieces and parts and guitar leads and fills and to keep it interesting. Uh, you know, I think there's. I'm thinking of. Uh, I think it's ripped me up the pre-chorus of that song of that song and the way it kind of has two parts that are really set up the chorus really well and There's a lot of, of that on here that I really like too, and just in terms of sophisticated sort of uh, you know playing and um, songwriting pieces. Uh, I, I think what's interesting in hindsight is I think this band was marketed as a whole kind of thing. Really? Fa- yeah. And in fact, I think for some reason the song "Spit," which was the single, which I vaguely remember. What? <laughs> what? Yeah. yeah. It is credited on Spotify as being co-written by Hole. Now, I don't think that's the case. Um, that Hole had anything to do with this song. For some reason, Spotify thinks that. That's bizarre. Yeah. Well, and, uh, that doesn't make I, sense again, as a single, but... I think, I'm pretty sure it was. And it, again, it kind of supports my 
my critique of some of the singles that were chosen for bands in the 90s. They tended to be more about like picking a controversial lyric and song title that, you know, over pop songwriting. <laughs> right. So I think if, you know, Trash the Given Chance or Broken were the singles, I think those would have done really well on radio. But I think because the song is, you know, provocative and lyrically and, you know, from a song title standpoint that, you know, they probably went with that instead. You know, some genius A&R guy decided that would be the, the single. So, yeah, I mean, I, I love this record. I think the, the, the sound of it is really cool. I think it's very unique sounding. Um, the guitar tones are very unique. They don't sound like... I couldn't think of any other guitars I've heard sound like this. They're they're very... Um, oh, come on. They sound like guitars. No, no. Listen to them close. They're different. They're like... They're not overly distorted. They're not clean, and there's a, a weird character to them. Like I don't know if they're Gretches or what the combination of things is, but it's a very unique sounding guitar sound. I'm not saying it's like revolutionary, but I'm saying it's distinct. Like when I listen to it, I don't think like, oh, that just sounds like a you know a Marshall amp cranked with a Gibson Les Paul. They're like there's a specific combination of like choice and amp and guitar and combining the two guitar sounds together with um, some different bass textures that I think musically makes this sound pretty unique. Um, I have to is guess it you- like mind-blowingly unique, but no, but for the genre, I think it's it's pretty distinctive. I have to disagree with your, asser- your, your assertion that this is sophisticated. I, I felt like a lot of what let me down on this record is how predictable all the parts are in terms of I knew when they were going to go to the chorus every time. I knew when they were going to get loud. I knew when they were going to get soft. It didn't, there, there was very little in terms of surprises, you know, in terms of structure, in terms of dynamics. It's only until you get to like really the last couple songs where maybe you start to get some variety in there but i totally they're they're going along and then it drops into that you know quiet chorus um where she repeats the apathy part and it just like yep that's the part like totally felt like that was where it was going to go and then in rip it rip me up like they get loud during the chorus after the quieter verses that to me was exactly where it was going to go with that and it I guess I would have liked to have heard more on the dynamic side from them I feel like there's they show some of that in hide and spit which both start slow and then kind of build and go in different directions but I would have liked to have heard some of the more up-tempo and mid-tempo songs use some more dynamic uh, shifts like that I, I, I don't really I didn't really feel like they were all that special in terms of the way they structured anything i thought they were i thought it's if you compare it to whole i think these songs are better crafted than whole songs are for the most part other other than a couple whole singles i'm just saying like for a band like this they could just do four chords three chords four chords and be done but they're introducing at least pre-choruses they're introducing pretty cool guitar leads and and melodies that way and they're layering things a little bit more than I think you would typically hear with a lot of bands in this sort of ballpark. So that that's where I'm coming from. I mean, they're not like right. You 
redefining music for Christ's sake. I'm just saying. Well, you said uh, they were uh, revolutionary guitars. I mean, they were, they were they're doing. I didn't say that. This I is said, this is goddamn uh, the Beatles. I said they were they were very uh, craft work here. You bastard! I said they were <laughs> dis- very distinct and original sounding. Anyway, uh, <laughs> this will be an episode that people will enjoy because we're arguing about uh, <laughs> this particular record. Um, well, I think I think what you said about there are elements where her voice and her and her style like starts to get a little countryish. I think that's what I would have liked to have heard them actually move. Not that I wanted a country record. But just if you are trying to play in that sort of end of the pool, then go for it and and do something that's like you mentioned with Broken. Yeah, I heard that like tinge of of a country element, but they didn't really go as far as maybe adding something that I don't know, maybe using a lap steel in a cool way. Oh, Jesus. No, no, no. See, well, that's what makes it cool is that I could see her a lot in a lot of these cases writing these songs herself and them having a particular kind of, you know, slant to them. In the case of that, you know, kind of just being a country song. But when she plays it by herself, but when she brings it to the band, it goes to another place and that that underbelly is still there, but it's not overt. You know, it's it's more shrouded in a, like, heavy thicker guitar and textures and just more edginess and so, so to me that's where i see the contrast that i like so much in terms of the sort of you know her vocal sort of there's an innocence there and a confidence and <clears throat> the the band having a little you know the harder edge appeal to it and obviously it, you know it sounds like they come from more of a punk background and i bet live mm-hmm. they sound a hell of a lot more like a straight up punk band um, I'd be willing to guess that, you know, some of the nuance and stuff and the and the polish that's on this record didn't you pull pulled off live all the well, time. Well, I think that that's what Eric Peterson said is that basically this is a band that had okay songs, but when you put them on stage, and I've seen this with other bands, when they're trying to do something that's got a uh, a punk hard rock element with, I guess you'd say, straightforward Ford chord type songs. They do work better in a live setting because you're able to play with the volume a little bit more and you're able to put, you know, a performance into it, whereas this doesn't feel quite as energetic as I was hoping. Hmm. And it's probably because, you know, they were a better live band than they were necessarily a a recorded band. See, I bet they would be a band that if I saw them live, I wouldn't like them. I would like have liked them less. Really? Yeah. Okay. Like after listening to the record, if I would have went and saw them live, I probably wouldn't have liked them as much. Well, you just get in your time machine, sir, and you go back, <laughs> and you go you go watch them, and you see what happens. Because I don't think they'd be able to pull off the the nuance and the, and the texture that I like about this record so much, and the just the you know the, I I I like the performance of this record. I don't think it lacks energy. I think it. You know, it's fine in terms of the, the, the energy that it puts out there. And um, I don't think it's over-polished. I think it's just right on the edge of kind of sounding dirty and nasty, but, you know, coming together enough that musically I can understand what they're doing and appreciate it. So I think live it would have went kind of went in the opposite direction. And I could see how the songs 
No, I, I think there's, like I mentioned, there's a couple, like three, four songs in here. I think they're legitimately solid pop songs. There's like another three or four songs that are, um, you know, kind of alt rockish and are probably not fantastic in terms of songwriting. And then there's a couple, three, four that are, you know, punk origin, um, that are pretty decent in terms of, you know, punk songs. Yep. But I think there's something about, for me, there's a magic in the way that they pull them together, perform them on this record that um, I think helps it come together, which I think live, some of those songs wouldn't come together quite as well. I think it would be kind of a mess. Well, this would be a good time for Eric Peterson to chime in. Tell us how that turned out when he saw him live. So, Please leave some uh, feedback on our Facebook page, Eric, when you uh, listen to this episode. So, Jay, let's talk about some ratings on this album. Uh, I think I know where you're at. You're at a uh, decent single. And <laughs> oh, you're, at a, you're at a worthy album. I, I, I get it. I, I, I hear you. I'm you at get a, it. You have, you have bad taste. I mean, oh, yeah, I have terrible taste. Yeah. Yes, I do. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, we'll, see where this, we'll see where the public sides on this one. You decide with right. me that this is really just it's a better EP. I'd, I'd take... Detonator, Kiss My Wheels, Trash the Given Chance, and Sunday Morning, put it on an EP, you're done. Or are you with uh, Jay in his fawning love of New York Loose and their album Year of the Rat? Drop us a, a note on our You wouldn't website. put Broken on the EP? You nuts? Eh, I, didn't, I didn't think it was all that special. Oh, man. You got to wow me, Jay. Jay, we are in the third season. I've listened to 126 albums, one a week. That's a that's a for two and a half years. You got to blow my mind by this point. It's a blueprint for a hit song. It's oh well. Why wasn't it? That you really want me to answer that? (laughs) No, I really don't. You think you think quality has anything to do with what a hit song is? What label were they on? Hollywood Records. Records. Hollywood. That doesn't. That doesn't mean anything. Same record label as Czar. They had all yeah. those hits. <laughs> there you go. Again, a, bo- a band we can both agree on who wrote some really good pop yes, songs. Yes, Czar was a, was a great band. And nobody's heard liked. of any of them. No. If you've heard of Czar, you win. <laughs> you win. It's over. It's over. We give all up. right. So, Jay, if, if uh, people aren't familiar with this, are there any modern bands that you would say... I know I mentioned Paramore, but uh, are there any are there any bands that you would mention? You'd say, hey, if you're into that band, you're probably gonna like this band. Oh my goodness! You know, one of the songs when I listened to it now reminded me of Garbage. Hmm. I think what song it was? It was a slow. It was one of the slow songs. Um, maybe Hide. Yeah, okay. it was Hide. Um, I could kind of hear, and then I started to think about some of the those more mid tempo material on here. You know, I kind of mentioned it being middle of the road alt rocky mm-hmm. and and i think you know a band like if you i don't know if that's not exactly a new band but <laughs> if you're in the garbage and uh no I, actually i think they represent the the dig me out area era of uh, music so yeah. no they're not a new band i can't think of any new bands i mean God, brilliant new bands are like with girls and you know singing for rock bands that are not some kind of goofy pop you know, manufactured group. So, well, there's bands like there. Best Coast and She and Him, and they're not exactly rock bands, but they're bands. 
They are bands. They are bands. They have a group of people playing instruments together. They sure are. Or at least two people, in the case of Sheehan. All right. Well, that is our uh, conflicting review of New York Loose and their album Year of the Rat. You can uh, either uh, side with my pragmatic and well-reasoned review or Jay's distorted and uh, highly uh, incorrect review. It's up to you. If you like what you heard, please consider leaving us some positive feedback at iTunes. And, of course, you can request your own album for us to disagree on by visiting digmeoutpodcast.com and our request a review page. That's it. We are out of here. We will act next week with another episode of Digging Out. Join the conversation about this episode at digmeoutpodcast.com, where you can find links to our Facebook page and Twitter feed, as well as links to our request a review and merchandise pages. Let's show it